What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. I am your host, Kendall Callaway. We got another good episode lined up for y'all, man. We'll be covering the title fight last night between Javante Tank Davis and Mario L. Azteca Barrios. Also, the co-main event of that fight, Erickson the Hammer Lubin versus Jason the Banana Rosario. We'll be getting into that, discussing how that fight played out. Of course, we'll have another NBA segment, Suns, Clippers, 3-1 lead. We'll get into that. And also, our new segment will continue, Spotlight Athlete, and it is none other than Javante Tank Davis. I want to thank y'all for tuning in with me on another episode. As usual, we're going to let this instrumental play, MIA, Paper Planes. Let's get into it. All right, man, let's get right into this, man. Tank puts the bigger man down. Tank puts the bigger man down. Um, if you don't know, now you know. Javante Tank Davis defeated Mario Barrios by 11th round TKO, and what was a great fight. Both men promised us fireworks. Both men promised us a great show, and uh, they definitely, definitely delivered on that. Um, everybody knows when Tank is fighting, Tank is must-see TV. Tank is must-watch TV, and now, you know, uh, I believe Tank has solidified himself as somebody who needs to be on their pound for pound list. Uh, but shout out to both fighters, both both guys put on a great show. Both guys showed heart, will, toughness, grit, um, and they put it all out there for us. Thank God that they're um, healthy. You know, there's nothing nothing seriously wrong with them. Great fight. We we knew going into that fight that somebody. Um, Somebody's oh had to go. Both men undefeated. Title fight. Tank daring to be great. One to become a three-division world champion. And he got it done, man. He got it done. So um, he captures a WBA title at 140 pounds, man. He becomes a three-division world champion. He has been a champion at 130, 135, and now 140. And uh, from what I've seen from the fight, I watched from start to finish. Um... Tank stayed patient, you know. That's one thing that I've always wanted Tank to do, and that's one thing that his mentor and promoter, Floyd Mayweather, the great Floyd Mayweather, has always wanted Tank to be patient. You know what I'm saying? Just be patient. Stank, uh, Tank stayed patient in the early rounds, but what Barrios did very well is what I said was a key to victory for him was to fight long um, and keep Tank behind the end of uh, your punches. And not only that, he was able to push Tank back, you know. He was able to make Tank fight on his back foot, uh, which was very, very effective. You know, Tank wasn't really throwing too many punches, but I truly believe that Tank was, you know, just, as I said, being patient, setting traps, you know, just wait for his time. Tank is not Tank is not one of those guys where he likes to waste punches, you know. When he throws, he wants to hit you, and he wants to hit you hard. And um, in those early rounds, between, I would say, the first four rounds, I would, you know, I had a 3-1 for 
Mario just off of him just being the effective guy. Um, and man, he did a very, very good job at that. But uh, <clears throat> where Mario messed up at is that uh, he made the mistake of, you know, letting Tank push forward, move forward. Tank was doing a very good job of keeping his hands high. Uh, he was catching the right hand very well. He was rolling. And he was dipping very low. And while he was dipping, he was taking a small step, you know, closer to Mario each and every time. So after, I would say, round four, round five starts to, you know, heat up. You know, Tank starts to land a beautiful left straight down the pipe. Um, the jab was, you know, working for him. And uh, he just continues to get closer and closer. And, you know, as I said, Tank does not like to waste punches. He got close enough to start landing harder punches and harder punches. And uh, Mario seemed to take those punches well up until, uh, I believe it was round eight. Um, I definitely start to see Tank, you know, the momentum shift in, in Tank's uh, favor because he started to put Mario on his back foot, which was a mistake. Um, I want Mario to really fight long, all night long, if he really wanted to, you know, win this fight. Uh, but Tank did a very good job uh, of just picking his shots well. Um, I would have preferred a little bit more body work early, but he was still able to get him out with the body shot in the 11th. Beautiful, beautiful left uppercut to the body. I mean, Tank has probably one of the best uppercuts in the game. And uh, he landed to the body. But uh, what changed the tempo of the fight was in round eight. Tank beautifully set up this right hook. I mean, he fainted to the left. You know, to get Mario to think that the left was coming and punched right over his um, lead left hand. It was a beautiful right hook that landed. Definitely stunned Mario and followed up with a big left um, on the chin. But Mario Barrio showed the Aztec warrior in him. Uh, he was able to get out that round and not only come back um, the next round, but come back stronger. You know, Mario did a good job of starting to, you know, put Tank on his back foot again. Uh, land his punches, land his jab. He had a very good jab out. I didn't know Mario jab was that good, but you know he was landing some very good jabs. He landed a very good left hook in the tenth, I believe. But uh, all in all, Tank just stayed patient. He stayed composed, and uh, once he felt that he had Mario hurt again, we all know what Tank likes to do, and he closed the show. Um, great, great, great night of fights, man. Uh, shout out to Tank for becoming a three division world champion, um, and shout out to his team. Shout out to both guys' team, man. Uh, I was highly, highly impressed by both men. I know that Mario Barrios will be back stronger. Uh, what's next for Tank? We don't know. Um, he can literally fight at 30, 35, or 40. You know, he now has options. And like I said, man, Tank needs to be on that pound for pound list. It's got to happen. It it has to happen. But um, other than that, man, um, Erickson Lubin, Jason Rosario, we're not going to take too much time on this. Uh, but um, Rosario... Is coming back off of the loss to Jamel Charlo and going right back into the fire, taking on the number one guy ranked in the WBC. And uh, it was a very good fight. You know, Lubin, the left-handed Lubin, just stayed patient as well uh, in the early rounds. He went to the body very well. He set up everything behind that jab, which is what he usually does. And uh, he eventually found, you know, his shot. Jason Rosario does not take body shots very well. And in the sixth round, he was able to stop him with a um, very, very vicious body shot. Uh, Rosario was in a lot of pain. And uh, this sets up a uh, <clears throat> potential rematch with Jamel Charlo, man. So we'll see what's next for Lubin and uh, his team. But, you know, uh, um, Jamel has a fight coming up with Brian Castaño. Um, 
And uh, hopefully, you know, I would love to see Lubin get the winner out of that fight. Uh, I feel like he has definitely deserved it. He's worked extremely hard since his first loss to his first loss and his only loss, which was to Jamel Charlo four years ago. He's won six straight since then. I mean, he's just shown that he's grown as a fighter. Uh, he's he's definitely matured as a fighter. Uh, fighter. I didn't like the fact that he got the title shot against Jamel that young anyway. I believe uh, he may have been like 22 at the time. So, you know, he was still kind of green in the sport, and I just didn't like him going up against such a world-class fighter like Jamel at that time who was just, you know, riding a great wave of momentum, you know, shifting uh, camps to working with Derrick James and, you know, learning how to sit down his punches more. Jamel was very dangerous and, and still is dangerous now, but I just didn't like that fight for him. I like it better for him now. I feel like he definitely puts up a a better uh chance um just off of the strides he's made to become a better fighter. And of course, you know, he's a lefty, so you know all lefties are, are very, very tough guys. Uh but uh next man coming up is our NBA segment, man. We're gonna get into that Suns versus Clippers and uh just a small little um small little sample and covering uh Bucks versus Hawks. Uh they did play a few days ago. We'll get into that and uh our last segment will be the spotlight athlete man and we go um end the show on that but stay tuned. All right man let's get into this NBA segment man and from the top, we're going with the Suns taking a commanding 3-1 lead against the Clippers. Um, and what I take from that is just, you know, that was a very, very back-and-forth uh, game. It looked like the Suns were going to run away with it uh, in the first half. I, I believe that was up by 20-plus. But, you know, the Clippers, the Clippers were definitely resilient. They stayed the course, and they was able to, you know, bounce back and close that, close that gap very, very quickly, man. Uh, and remember, this is without their number one guy, Kawhi Leonard. Um, PG has definitely silenced the critics somewhat now. You know, I, you know, me personally, I feel like PG has always been a very, very good player. Uh, I just didn't see the same PG in playoff, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they call him playoff P. I really wasn't seeing it within these last two or three years. He's definitely showed us that. You know, he can he can be big time in the playoffs. Uh, the only issue now with Paul George, um, game one and now game four, he has missed clutch free throws. You know what I'm saying? Free throws in the crunch that his team needs. So, you know, that's definitely something that has to change. But other than that, you know, something small, uh, well, I wouldn't consider it small, but something like that doesn't take away from the numbers that he's been putting up. But we all know. The most important thing is to win games, uh, something that uh, they couldn't do last night. DeAndre Aiden has been shining, man. I mean, of course, we talk about Devin Booker and, of course, Chris Paul. We know what Chris Paul has brought to the table, but I don't think we, you know, we as sports fans and, you know, so-called basketball um, analysts and things like that, people who know who know basketball, we don't talk about what DeAndre Ayton has done, um, not only in this series, but for the entire playoffs. Um, I said when the Suns got Chris Paul that the best thing the best thing about getting Chris Paul was that 
DeAndre Aiden would take his game to the next level. And that's what has um, happened. DeAndre Aiden is now averaging 20 and 13 against the Clippers in this series in about two blocks. I mean, he's been efficient all series long. I ha- like Honestly, I haven't really seen him have a bad game yet. I mean, he's just been playing on an unbelievable level, and it's just the chemistry that he's um, that he's made with not only Chris Paul, but all of his teammates. I mean, Aiden is just a force on both ends of the court. And, I mean, he right now, to me, outside of what, of course, Chris Paul brings to the table, being, you know, that leader and that vet for them, he has been the biggest the biggest piece for the Suns' success, in my opinion, I look at the Lakers series, I look at the Nuggets series, and now I'm looking at this series. Aiden's played on an unbelievable level, man. So shout out to him. You know, I want him to keep going. That way, you know, this play goes into the finals because I have Phoenix going to the finals. I have Phoenix winning it all. We're going to get into that, you know, on down the line, you know, episodes down the line when we actually have a final set. But I definitely have them winning it. Um... Kawhi Leonard would not be traveling with his team for Game Five. Um, I pretty much figured that when he didn't travel for uh, travel with them, Game One and Two. We, don't, we really don't know what's wrong with you know Kawhi, but we just know that he's not completely healthy. And uh, I figured that they would be without Kawhi this entire series, and I feel like it's going to continue um, that way. It sucks for the Clippers, man. Uh, really does because Kawhi was playing on an unbelievable level as well. Uh, would have loved to see you know him. Garden, Devin Booker, or you know him just being Kawhi, him being the claw. You know I would love to see him in this series. But uh, on to the Eastern Conference. On to the Eastern Conference, man. Uh, the last game for them, the Bucks demolished, and I mean demolished the Atlanta Hawks. Man, they were up by I believe like thirty four in the first half, uh, and they just pretty much overwhelmed. Atlanta in that game, everything seemed to click for him on both ends of the floor. Uh, Giannis, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I mean, they pretty much had their way with the Hawks. And uh, the Hawks just didn't have an answer for it. Uh, I do believe that they'll come back uh, better uh, for the next game. But, you know, um, playoffs are definitely built on not just your stars. It's built on your coaches making the necessary adjustments. Um, game after game, the Bucks made the necessary adjustments, and I and I just felt like Atlanta didn't have answers for those changes that they made. Offense just seemed to flow so well for them, and uh, not only that, I mean, for Atlanta, just didn't seem to be that night. You know, nothing really was falling for them. Not until like the second half, where you know some guys ever. Get some shots going in, but uh, we'll see in 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 game three. See how that goes. See you know if if Nate McMillan those guys make the necessary adjustments to uh, compete with the Bucks. Because if not, you know we could possibly see a replay of what happened in game two. But that is our NBA segment, man. And y'all know what's next. As stated earlier, our spotlight athlete is none other. In the three-division world champion, Javante Tank Davis, that's coming up next. We'll get into why I chose Tank as a spotlight athlete. Coming up next.
All right, man, let's get into this last segment of the podcast. It is our Spotlight Athlete, which is none other than the now three-division world champion, the new WBA world champion, the one, Javante Tank Davis. And uh, this instrument that, that, I, that I have playing, I feel, is definitely appropriate and it fits this, this Spotlight Athlete. Superstar by Lupe Fiasco. I chose this instrument for one reason. That is because I believe that Javante Tank Davis is now a superstar in boxing. Three-division world champion, 25-0, riding a 15-fight knockout streak. And uh, the reason why I believe Tank is a superstar is he's must-see TV, man. Tank is must-see TV. There's not too many boxers in the game right now that's must-see TV. It's a lot of great fighters out there. But, you know, we all have our select few fighters that are really must-see TV. And not just off of my preference, but just the world's preference. The boxing world, the boxing community, the sports world. When you think of boxers who are must-see TV, you think of a Canelo Alvarez. You think of a Deontay Wilder. You think of a Earl Spence Jr. Those are guys when you know that they have a fight coming up, you're going to want to see them. You're going to want to see them. Tank is now in that category of a must-see TV fighter. Uh, when you think about the must-see TV fighters of the past, you think of a Floyd Mayweather, his mentor. You think of a Oscar De La Hoya. You think of a Manny Pacquiao, who, who, who's currently still a must-see TV fighter. But those are guys that you knew that you had to watch. Tank is now in that conversation with his current fighters, with his current... Um, current opponents, you know, future opponents and things like Tank is that guy who is must-see TV. When you think of that lightweight landscape of whether Tank stays at 40, he goes back down to 35 or 30, Tank is still must-see TV out of all those guys. He's must-see TV out of a Shakur Stevenson. He's must-see TV out of a Devin Haney or Ryan Garcia or um, Teofimo Lopez. Teofimo Lopez holds majority of the belts at 30, I believe, but he's not the big, you know what I'm saying, he's not the big draw, he's not the big guy, you know, because he holds the belts, yeah, that says he is, but when you think of all of those fighters that I just named, majority of the people want to see Tank, everybody's going to want to see Tank, and that's why he is my spotlight athlete, another reason why Tank is my spotlight athlete, Tank is 25-0, and 0, man, he's 25-0, and 0. And one thing that Tank showed us last night that stood out to me is that Floyd went to his corner between rounds. He said, unofficially, you're losing. Unofficially. Tank got just a little bit upset. You know, he asked how. But Floyd told him, I'm going to keep it real with you, Tank. You want me around because I'm going to keep it real with you. Show me that you're great. Tank showed us that he was great last night. He showed Floyd he was great last night. He showed Mario Barrios. He, was, he showed everybody. He was great last night, and not too many people can can do that. You know, not too many people want to dare to be great. Not too many people want to take that high-risk, high-reward type of fight. That's what Tank did. The moment he signed his name on a contract to fight Mario Barrios, who had a 6-inch height advantage over him and a 4-5-inch to five inch reach advantage over him. That's what Tank did. Tank dared to be great last night, and he did it. He accomplished it. He succeeded. That's why Tank is my spotlight athlete. Shout out to Javante Tank Davis, man. Shout out to him. You know, I take my hat off to him. 
he was great last night. There's no other way to put it. He, he he became a superstar last night in my eyes, you know. And from here on up, I feel like it's just it's 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 going up for Tank, whether he stays at forty or not. You know, he has options. You know, not too many guys at his age have options. Tank probably has once some of the most options in the sport right now. You know, if we're being honest, of course you got a guy like Canelo Alvarez who has who has endless options. He can uh, he can go back up to seventy five. He can stay at sixty eight and fight Caleb Plant, David Benavidez. He can wait for Charlo to move up to sixty eight to fight him. He can go back down to sixty and fight Triple G. Um, for a trilogy, he can fight Charlo at sixty. He can fight um, Andre at sixty. Um, he could do plenty, plenty of things. Not saying that Tank has those type of options, but he has options. When you think about the options that Tank has, he can stay at forty. He can fight a Regis, um, a Regis Progress. He can do a rematch with Mario Barrios because that fight was just as exciting. That's the type of fight that, that was. They promised fireworks and they delivered. He can do that. He can go back down to 35 and fight the guys at 35. You know, uh, it's plenty of guys he can fight at, four, uh, at 40. Josh Taylor, you know, he can go back down to 35. Defend a belt there. He can go back to 30 and fight all those guys that I named earlier. Ryan Garcia, the Tiafima Lopez, Lomachenko, Devin Haney. He can fight all of these guys. Tank has options now. That's what superstars have. Superstars have options. Look at Earl Spence. Earl has options. He can stay at 47 and get Terrence Crawford, Keith Thurman, a rematch with Sean Porter. He can wait for Jaron Boots Ennis, you know what I'm saying, to earn his shot. That's what superstars get. That's why Tank is a spotlight athlete because he has become a superstar in the sport of boxing. I thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast, man. Shout out to everybody that, that supports me. Supports this podcast. I ask that you, you know what I'm saying, send us around as usual, man. Get everybody in on this. It's one of the best podcasts out there. Not too many people keep it G100 with you with these podcasts. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to give you my opinion on things. I'm going to give you my facts on things. You know, this is just full-blown a real podcast. So I thank everybody that supports this podcast, man. And, uh... Till next time, man. Till next time. Y'all be safe. Y'all be easy. And just like Javante Tank Davis, man, y'all be great. That'll be great. And whatever it is, that'll be great. See y'all next time.